to the bonus episode of Picks from the Yard, uh, the podcast. We're going to do a little gambling tutorial as some people, I guess, want to get involved, but they don't, they're not sure of exactly um, some of the terms and some of the, uh, the money and the numbers are a little, little confusing to beginners. I have my brother in the studio, Richard Salvatore, the math whisperer, math tutor. He'll uh, help us out with the numbers here. It's not always my uh, strong suit. I'm happy to be here um, as a math tutor and a recreational gambler. I think of uh, a podcast uh, that's a tutorial on gambling. It's right in my wheelhouse. It might be hard to shut me up. Two of your uh, two of your things you you spend a lot of time. Uh, this with. is true. Yeah. I also have our our producer uh, Will Clegg is is also uh, the 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 voice behind Clegg's Corner, our soccer guru. And he 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 had a friend asking him some questions, so kind of like inspired this uh, episode. Yeah, I was telling my friend uh, Jacob about our podcast, and he said to me, "You know, I'd really like to get into sports betting, but I honestly have no idea how to do it." And that made me think, you know, maybe instead of just peppering our episodes with little bits of education as we've been doing, we should just dedicate an episode to teaching people how to place a sports bet, kind of like a uh, sports betting for dummies. I think somebody explained this to me and my brother in the 70s. I'm I'm not sure. I don't don't remember when it happened. It just sort of, uh, you know, kind of along the way we we picked it up. But it is, honestly, a lot of people ask me, I bartend in addition to caddying, and a lot of people do ask me, you know, some questions that are, I don't know how it's general knowledge for me and my brother, but we kind of learned it somewhere. But it is, it can be confusing, definitely. So I understand the questions. I just. Right. It, yeah. I feel, I think it's second nature at this point that almost to the point where you have to think about how to explain it to someone. For instance, the, the point spread, you know, when if someone's plus four, how do you really think about that? I guess you could say the, 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 the worst team, you can add four to their score, you can subtract four from the better team. But I think for us, it's almost like you think of it like how far apart. You know, how how much ahead is one team? And you want to get that, if you have the dog, you want that to be less, you want to get that margin to be less than four. You want the dog to be winning. And if you have the favorite, you want to make sure the favorite's ahead by more than that. But it's it's almost hard to, like, deconstruct how you think about it, if, you know, after doing it for years. The underdog seems to be easier to explain. I, uh, somebody over on Thanksgiving who jumped in with me on the Dallas game and trying to explain how to bet a favorite at the start of the game was a little confusing to, uh, to, this, to this guest because I was... The score is zero. I said we're we're giving seven, so you subtract. So Dallas is minus seven, and you know he 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 understood you know after a brief explanation. But, but especially when you bring up the underdog, that gets people also excited because they're getting free points. So what, oh we're already winning, but so that seems to be easier to explain. I've I've found anyway. So and it does seem like it's better to bet underdogs, which is probably a good way to think about it to start with, because I think more people ultimately like favorites, but I think it's smarter to bet underdogs. So to get a, a newcomer excited about underdogs, you know, could be a good thing. All right, let's jump all the way to the most basic question here, which is, all right, I want to place a bet, but, you know, where do I do it? Right? Let's say I, you know, I got a hot tip on a, on a game this weekend, which could be anything from, you know, I like the color of the uniform to, uh, you know, I know a guy on the team or whatever. How do you actually place a bet? So, you know, sports gambling up until very recently, we're recording this in November 2018 now, uh, was only legal in Nevada. So 
if you wanted to place a bet prior to the last few months anywhere, you were really doing it illegally, you know, through an offshore account or through a bookie. And that's just kind of how you had to play sports bets traditionally. But now with you know, the, people ask in, in years past, it was a little little slippery to explain to them how to, uh, you know, it was an unsavory yeah, sort of sort business. Yeah, sort of hush-hush whispering about it in the corner sort yeah. of thing, yeah. Right, you'd be like, I know a guy, I got a guy. What, you, you got a guy? You need a guy? Which I in some ways beginners would get excited, they'd be, they think they're involved in some sort of, uh, you know, it almost added some weird excitement to it. If I don't know if that's the proper, uh, proper right, explanation. Right, you feel like you're doing something slightly illegal. And I mean, to be honest, it still feels a little bit that way. Uh, even though it is totally legal now, thanks to uh, the Supreme Court decision that New Jersey challenged. There was a federal ban on sports gambling, and then the Supreme Court said, you know, there's there can't be a federal ban on it. The states get to choose themselves. So now we've got uh, legal sports betting in Nevada, which it was already, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, West Virginia, New Mexico, and Mississippi. And there's like more than 20 other states who you know, have already proposed legislation or considering legislation. So it's it's coming to the rest of the country, you know, pretty quickly. By the time you're hearing this, you know, maybe it's it's in 25 plus states. I don't know. I think probably the only state it'll never really go to is Utah, the uh, the Mormons not into the gambling. Now, would the federal government get involved if, if, if one state holds out like that? I don't think so. I mean, because I don't think it really... Um, I don't know that they have any say. They can't make Utah allow it. Like right now, Utah has no lottery, you know. Oh, I didn't um, realize they don't even have the lottery there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, Mormon. I would have so much free time on my hands if I lived there. Oh, man. <laughs> maybe I'd read a book. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe you'd just drive to Nevada to place your sports Oh, bets. yeah, that's true. It's very close. Yeah. There were a lot of books on gambling, by the way. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I maybe just, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to place a sports bet, uh, you have to be physically in one of those states where it's legal. And you can either go to a casino. Um, I don't know how many casinos in Jersey have sports books now. I mean, it's, you know, brand new to uh, to the state, but I know they, they were ready at some of the horse tracks right away. Right. The uh, I think uh, Monmouth Park was the first one. We went down, we, we go to Monmouth Park every year for a uh, couple of visits a year try to make deposit some money down there and uh and they were up they were like advertise right richard i mean years ago yeah they had the actual physical space built years ago uh uh william hill was involved in that they're promoting it i mean we would go down we, uh, it was years out but they were they knew it was coming they william hill invested a lot of money up front like ahead of the head of everybody and i think that's why monmouth was like as soon as it went through they were taking bets within I don't know. I don't even know how quickly it they was. were at the forefront, and they were part of the lawsuit. In fact, and they really felt like it was a, a, a way to save horse racing because horse racing is struggling, and they thought to get sports betting in at the tracks would would really help. And you know, I think they they were right there from the get go. And I think you know, month by month, they're they're making more and more money. And I think especially when football kicked in, if you look at the numbers, they're uh, you know they're, they're they're bringing in a significant amount of money. So if you if you go to a physical, you know, sports book in a casino or horse racing, you know, they'll have a big board behind uh, where you place your bet and you basically look up at that board, choose the bet you want to make, uh, how much money, tell the cashier and they'll print you a little ticket. I mean, that's the only way I knew how to do it. We used to go to Las Vegas for opening weekend of football or something like that. And, uh, you know, that was the only time I'd really play sports bet in my whole life, actually, was when we went to Vegas for the opening weekend of football, you know, five, six years ago. And they're pretty helpful up at the, uh, the I mean, in Vegas here. 
I guess people are still. I think I've only gone a couple times and they've been good, but I guess you know it's been a, you know a little impatience maybe. But in Vegas, they're so helpful. Like you know, they love beginners. They do well. Yeah, they ought to because yeah. most of that money's staying put in the uh, sports books pocket. And it, it can be a little intimidating because it's a huge board and you have all these teams up there and you have you know a point amount and a money amount and at first you're just looking up there and you're like what you know you're trying to figure out what, what and all, all what, the seasoned veterans seem like they're speaking almost in like some sort of code like that you don't understand like, you know all the all the all the, the you know the pro, the prof, semi-professional gamblers are uh you know they know all the lingo yeah i'm pretty sure i made you guys go up and bet for me the first couple of times when we were in vegas because i just was too intimidated to go do it myself i was afraid i was just gonna say something wrong come back with the wrong ticket you know Although I probably had just as good a chance of winning with the wrong ticket. We actually have a good friend who doesn't even like betting on the horses. We're not going to name who that is, but uh, he he may or may not have been on this podcast. Yeah, we don't want to call him out, but he <laughs> but he doesn't like going to the window at the racetrack. He gets very nervous. Pretty easy. We tell him literally what to do, and he still is like, I don't, don't want to go up there. I mean, I think he came around. He does. He goes up there now. In the beginning, we pushed him, which which was a good thing. I I, I hope it was a good thing. Well, for those of us, you know who. Uh, were or still are intimidated by that. There's also now apps on your phone. So, I mean, that's probably the way most people are doing it, to be honest, uh, is using apps from these bigger sports books like William Hill or uh, DraftKings, FanDuel. Pretty much everybody who's a big brand name has has an app now. And now Picks from the Yard has uh, 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 an app for your ears. <laughs> <laughs> we're not taking any bets, to be clear. Oh, we're not. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, if you are looking to place a bet on an app, I would probably personally recommend that you look for a big brand name that you've heard of before, you've seen on TV, something like that. I mean, there are probably a lot of smaller, slightly sketchier ones Fly out there. Fly by night, as they call them. Yeah, and uh, and there are a lot of you know offshore ones, too, that are based in Europe or uh, in the Caribbean or something like that. And those, I think, are are still illegal to use here. So you do want to be careful about that. And you do have to be physically located in one of these states where it's legal in order to place a bet, even on your phone. They'll check your location as a part of the app. I know some guys are coming back late from work desperately trying to get across. They're on the they're on the, the bus. They can't wait to cross over the border to Jersey because they really can't. You're so close, but you have to, your phone has to be in New Jersey to, uh, to get the bet in. So depending on traffic, they've gotten boxed out. So I think a few things we should mention here before we get into the details of how to bet. Uh, for someone who's never really been into sports gambling before, any kind of gambling for that matter, is a uh, golden rule is you should really only ever bet what you can afford to lose. Uh, this should be fun. You know, it's entertainment. If you're betting more than you can afford to lose, that's not fun for you or anyone who you may be responsible for, too. So It could be problematic. It, uh if you really don't enjoy the bets when you're really betting out, I mean, I've done it. I I will admit that in the past, and it really creates more of a stressful situation if you're trying to you know make money and not doing it recreationally. I think it's yeah, it's good at first to set a budget and say you're going to bet this many dollars a week, and and then decide how many games maybe you'll bet a week, and and you know try to pretty much stick to that. For instance, let's say you want to start that you, you you'll set aside fifty dollars a week to bet. So maybe you, and and the nice thing about these apps is you can bet any amount of money, right? Yeah, so I you place can bet- like two five dollar bets. That's pretty much what I do when when I bet, which is not very often, but it makes it fun for me, and uh, I'm happy if I put a five dollar bet down and I win and get seven dollars and fifty cents back. I, that's that's fun for me. 
so. still can, yeah, you still can enjoy it. And, and you, you, by doing that, you kind of learn as you go along. And then if you're doing well and you feel like you want a bit more, you can up it. But I, I think it's good to, to pick a number and kind of try to stick to that. The only people I've known who've gotten in trouble gambling were people who started betting more and more, either more and more money or more and more games, especially if they're losing. And, and that can spiral out of control. So I think if you, if you stick to a budget, you know, and think of it just as a, a, a money for a recreation, like money to go out or, or go to a movie, you know, you have a gambling budget and think of it that way. I think another th- important thing to keep in mind is that the, you know, it's an old adage in the casino business that the house always wins. And especially if you're new to gambling, like you're probably not going to win. You're certainly not going to get rich doing it. Um, it's supposed to be fun and entertainment. And so if you lose, that's okay. That's why it's really important to have that budget. And uh, I mean, there are certainly ways to get ahead and make some money doing it, but that takes a lot of studying, um, you know, a little bit of luck. Uh, and and a lot of practice. So in some ways, it's better to lose or, or in the beginning, honestly, because it makes it less. You know, you think cause the beginner's luck is. You know, it's not really, I guess, a, a thing, but it does seem to happen a lot because you have a fifty-fifty chance on these games. So if you get lucky in the beginning, you think, "Oh my man, this is easy. I'm yeah. going to make a lot yeah, of you money." Think you're a genius, and yeah. you get you can get into. It's almost better to just get the reality of it by losing in the beginning. Is uh, you know. Right, yeah, because if you win at the beginning, yeah, you can almost trick yourself into thinking, I know what I'm doing and, and I can make money at this. And, and, that, and it's almost like that feeling stays with you, even though then you go through losing. You, you feel like, well, I won at the beginning and I'm going to be able to make money. And it, 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 that can be a little dangerous. All right, so we're just going to focus today on football. So NFL, uh, college football bets, they're you know, more or less the same structure. We'll talk in some other episodes, some other bonus episodes down the road about uh, soccer. We'll definitely need to talk about because that's a whole different animal. Uh, basketball, hockey, other sports that you can bet on. I mean, I guess you can bet on any of them. Sumo wrestling, we've had some interest in. Um, Darts. Yeah. There's something called snooker. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's right, the snooker. But today, today we're just going to talk about football. That's, you know, the most popular one in the United States for sure. And uh, what we talk about mostly on this podcast. All right, so if I pull up in my DraftKings app a football game, I'm going to see, you know, the two teams and then right away three numbers. I'm going to see the point spread. I'm going to see the total over under, which we'll get into in a minute, and then the money line bets. So let's let's talk about all three of those. First, let's just start with the point spread. What is the point spread? Right, so let's say the point spread is four. So if you bet the underdog, the team that's supposed to lose, you, in essence, get four points added to your score. And you can think of it that way, or you could think of it as if you're betting the favorite, you're getting four points subtracted from your score. And what, what that means is if you, know, if you have the favorite, you need to both win and win by more than four points. If you have the underdog, you need to either win the game outright or to lose by fewer than four points. There, you know, there, there's also a, a number attached to that, and usually the number is minus 110. And w- what that means is if, you know, the, it's always based on $100. If it's a minus number, it's based on winning $100. So let's say the, the, the point spread is four and the, the dollar amount on that is minus 110. That means if you bet, say, the underdog, you're going to bet $110 
to win $100 and you're getting four points, meaning you're getting four points added to your score. So you bet 110, 110 would be subtracted from your account. If you win the bet, you get that 110 back, plus you get the 100 you, you won. So basically you're plus $100. It's a percentage of fee for, for providing the service of accepting your wager. It's a kind of a way to ensure that the house does always win. Yeah, they call it the VIG, so that no matter what happens, if they get equal action on both sides, because each person's betting 110 to win 100, they'll get, in essence, they'll gain $10 for each pair of bets, one on each side. The point spread is in place because if you didn't set a point spread, one team is always better than the other. All the money would go on one team. The point spread's there to even the money out. They want equal amounts on either end. This way, there's there's very little, they, they can't lose. And they get their ten percent. That's all they want. They're not trying to rig, you know, quote unquote, the game, you know, rigging the game one way or the other. Stuff does happen that I've been like, it seems unbelievable, but they really don't have a have a rooting side. Honestly, they want half the money on one team, half the money on the other team. We right, take ten percent. That's right. To be really explicit about what this means, let's say I, I go on and I see, you know, the Giants are playing the Eagles, and the Giants are plus five, and the Eagles are minus five. Right, so at the end of the game, if you bet on the Giants, they could lose the game, but you still win your bet as long as they lost by, say, four points or three points or two points or one point. But if they lost by five, then the bet's what's called a push because it's right on the numbers and nobody wins. You don't lose, you don't win. If they lost by six, then you lose your bet, right? And the same with Philly, then if you bet on them and they were minus five, then they got to win that game by at least five points. Five points would be a push. If they win by more than five, you win your bet. If they win the game, but by less than five, you've lost your bet. That's right. And if it's a push, you don't. You just get your bet back. You basically you don't win. The house doesn't win. There's no fee for that. It's basically uh, no money is exchanged for a push. And an easy way to think about it would be, let's say the final score was uh, 30 to 28 and Philly's winning, right? 30 to 28. Because Philly was minus five, you literally go minus five from their score. So now it's 25 to 28 and you can see clearly, you know, Philly lost. The right. bet on Philly lost. Right, right. So even though they won the game, the, the people who bet on Philly lost their money because they didn't win by enough. Right. And then conversely, you'd have the Giants plus five. It would go from 28 to 30 to 33 to 30 in favor of the Giants. And that's how you win your bet. That's right. Right. And, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the people setting the line, they set the line to get equal action on both sides because they want to make their money based on that extra, what they call the VIG, the, the, you know, that extra amount of money that, that you have to bet, the, 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 the extra $10. So you can look at it like they're, p placed, they're making their point spread based on what the public thinks because they want 50% on one side and 50% on the other. So if you think you know more than the public or if you think the public is wrong about a game or about a team, that's where you, you, you can at least feel like you have an advantage. And in my opinion, that's what makes sports betting so satisfying because you can look at a game and say, oh, they're wrong or the public is wrong. And I know more about this team. And I think this team is, you know, six points better. And they only made the point spread four. And that's where you feel like you can get an advantage as opposed to other sorts of gambling where it really is 50-50, whether you look at roulette or craps or, you know, slot machine, or just down the line where you really don't have an advantage. You can't have an advantage. At least in sports betting, 
you can get an advantage um, and, and probably more importantly, you, you often feel like you have an advantage, even though it, 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 it's, it's tough to find a game where you really feel where you really do have an advantage. Yeah, I think that's a really important point that it's not really about what they think the final score will be of the game, although it is uncanny how close they get often you know, to that number, if they make this point spread, you know, three and a half, a lot of those games will finish by a three point difference. And it's, it's pretty incredible, but it's not about that. It's actually about the perception of the, of the teams and how they're going to do so they can get that money on both sides. Not really the true expected end result. Yeah. Because certain teams that win, a, like let's say the New England Patriots that win all the time, they're, the perception is they're going to win. So they're, oh, people are always going to be betting on them. So they they have to make the points even more you know even greater to get people to bet the other way so you you trying to just they they're trying to avoid all the money going on one side they want one half the money on one team half the money on the other and that's why sometimes you'll see the line move over the course of the week so it might open at you know minus 5 but if the bookmakers see a lot of money going on one side or the other they'll adjust the line so then it might become you know minus 4 and a half uh, and and it can shift up right up until the game time. And then actually, I've noticed you know a lot of times it shifts during the game. So if you, you can place bets during the game on the outcome, and those lines will move a lot depending on how the game's going. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Every time there's a stoppage in play, you can you can get you know a, a line on the game, and you can you can sometimes see how the game is going. And of course, they're watching it too. So and they know what they're doing. But you you can you can you can sometimes get an advantage that way by by watching the game and saying all right maybe this team is losing but they're playing well and maybe they've had a couple of bad breaks so I'm going to jump in because I think they're the better team even though right now the score doesn't reflect that. And I just want to touch on this, but we could do a you know entire podcast series I think about this because it's so fascinating. But who are they, the people that make the lines? I think a lot of people wonder about this. Historically, from what I was told, actually, this would make a, I thought it was a pretty interesting documentary, but I think it was a, a handful of six, five, seven guys in Las Vegas, right, that gathered information before this is before all the, the information sharing now with the uh, technology. But uh, they used to, I guess, use paper and pencil, and, and they, they would, they were, they were the, the experts on this, and they would set this the point spread and then send and from there it would just get sent out to all the bookies when but well we go to the casinos first and then the bookies would get it back when it was illegal now with computers i'm sure it's a whole different you know a whole different different ball game they they're really precise with most of the games as you if you bet on them you'll notice right i think i think some of the the bigger outfits some of the bigger casinos in in vegas they they'll have people set the line early and what they'll do I guess it's on Sunday night, you know, the, the basically after all the, that week's games are done, they'll put the, the, the lines up and allow gamblers to get in early, but with a limit. And they actually let the gamblers hammer the lines a little bit and that'll move them. And it'll be interesting that you'll, you'll maybe wake up on a Monday morning and you can go and see what it opened at and what it's at now. And it might've moved even a point or a point and a half early on. And in a way they're letting the market a little bit push the line one way or, or another. But they, they, there are a couple of uh, big outfits that have, you know, r really good handicappers and also computer models 
They'll run the games through that, and they try to get as accurate a line as possible. But it'll, it'll move a little bit early, and then and then even throughout the week it could move. All right, I just want to talk about a couple of terms that you might hear a lot on the podcast associated with the point spread. We talk a lot about laying points and getting points. To me, when I first you know heard you guys talking about this years ago, I honestly had no idea. I just didn't get it for the longest time. So I think just quickly, you know, what, what does it mean when you say a team is laying points and when they're getting points? Yeah. So, you know, if you're laying points, it means that you're the favorite. You're, you're giving points. You're, 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 you know, you can say you're laying points, you're giving points. And there's a minus in front of those points then. There's a minus in front. Right, right. The favorite will have a minus. Think of it as if, you know, you're subtracting points from that team's so total. At the start of the game, you're, you're, you're losing, theoretically. I mean, that's right. The, you know. Not right. actually the game, but your 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 negative points at kickoff. Right, right. If you have the favorite, and, and then, then getting points would be the opposite. You have a plus in front of the number, and you're the underdog. You're the you're, yeah. You're the underdog. You're the dog. You're 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 getting points. You're uh you're you're basically adding points to your score. If, if you know if you're thinking of it from that perspective. And then another term that's come up on the podcast a lot is the hook. So let's talk about that a little bit. Right. Yeah. So the hook, the hook is, there's a half point. Not that anybody can score half a point. This can get a little confusing for people, but they'll, there's a half point involved in some of the point spreads. Sometimes it's that, that accurate and people might not think it's that big a, a deal, but that, that half point comes into play a lot. It comes into play. And I think for me, there, there, are, there, are, there are actually four point spreads that I find really interesting. And I'm going to throw out four numbers and they all have a hook attached Two and a half, three and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, and I think those are the four numbers that the, the, the that that half makes a big difference. Because think of it, you look at a game and you think the team is about a field goal better, but you see the the spread is three and a half. Now, if you like the underdog, you love that because you think, all right, maybe I don't have the best team, but I think they'll stay close. Maybe they'll lose by a field goal, and that half a point will make a huge difference. On the other side, if you have the favorite, you're not going to like that half a point. You're going to think, well, I have the better team, but maybe it's going to be close. I don't want to give three and a half points. I don't want to be minus three and a half points. So there's a, a psychology involved with the hook. And I do think with certain key numbers, and the two key numbers are three and seven, that, that hook makes a big difference and also can, can really uh, make a big difference in how people bet and how they perceive you know, which side is, is the side to bet. Yeah, that three and a half uh, always killed me. We're all in a pool where we pick every single game against the spread every week. And uh, that, that was really my introduction to, to the spread and sports betting. Every time I would see a game come up with three and a half points, I, <laughs> I would just hem and haw about it. You know, I still do. I mean, honestly, it's, that's, that's the one that always gets me the worst. When it's seven and a half or something, I don't worry about it as much because it's such a heavy favorite that I usually can make a clear decision quickly. But three and a half kills me. It, it really does. And, you know, when you, when you start betting, I, I think you, you always want to be on the dog, on, you know, on the team getting points when you have three and a half and maybe the opposite way when it's two and a half. But it, to, to go maybe a little more to, to an advanced idea, I think as you, as you become more and more experienced with gambling, you realize they'll often set the spread in a certain way and think that, oh, they're making it say, you know, three and a half because they want more action on the underdog. And, you know, as a, as a beginning gambler, you like the underdog there, but then sometimes as you go along, you say, well, now all those 
people who who maybe just look at it in a very simplistic manner are going to want that plus three and a half. And, you know, you might even go the other way because think that, that the, the, the people setting the lines want more action on, on the underdog. And you might go the other way because of that. All right. One last thing about the point spread is sometimes you don't see a number. Sometimes you just see PK. What's that? So that stands for pick'em. And that means that, that the point spread is zero. That basically... You just have to pick the winning team. It doesn't matter what they win by. And sometimes that'll be up there as like a 0.5 and minus 0.5 too. Right, right. Sometimes yeah. they'll just give a slight, yeah, like a half point. I I try to avoid those games. I'm a, I'm a historical underdog, but I'm always tired of finding the dogs. I like getting those free points. So I don't know if that's uh, the smartest way to look at these things, but I try to avoid. I don't, I don't like the pick them games. I don't know. Something about them that spooks me a little. You want to get some points. Free points. Free points. If you like the way our podcast sounds, it's because of the team here at Van Vorst Films. So if you're looking to start a podcast or make your current one sound better, Picks from the Yard trusts Van Vorst Films to produce, record, distribute, and make our podcast sound the best that it can. And it's not always an easy thing to do with this bunch of degenerates we bring in here. Van Voorst Films is a full-service production company based in Hoboken, New Jersey. Check out their website at vanvorstfilms.com to contact them about your next production. From video production and podcasting to aerial video and photography, the team at Van Voorst Films will add breathtaking imagery and outstanding audio to elevate your next production. So now, moving across from left to right, we've talked about the point spread. The next number you're going to see is actually the the point total and the over-under, we call it. So let's talk about that a little bit. Right. So that's a number that where they're predicting what the total score is going to be if you add up both team scores. So say it's uh, 53. So what they're saying is you can bet either their total, the sum of both their scores is going to go over 53 or under 53. So let's say you bet over 53, and the final score is 30 to 24. You add the two scores up, it's 54. You won your over bet. The over bet's very popular because you just it's actually the most fun thing to, to bet on, really, because you're just rooting for points no matter what. You just, you know, it's great. You're just cheering no matter what, who's scoring, scoring, you know, you're, 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 you're rooting for, and nowadays with the rules, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of scoring going on. There's a lot of scoring. Yeah, it yeah. Was a college game last. Well, actually, a pro game and a college game in the past week that have both gotten completely out of hand or insane. Uh, I think that happens in college games a lot. I feel like where the points just go. I mean, it's crazy. The game, the college game, is designed for more, more action. As the rules are a little less, uh, you can come back late. It's, it makes it quite exciting. You know the way the clock is run, and 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 when the clock runs and when the clock stops. It, it makes for, you know, more time to be played. And also the, um, you know, games that go into overtime. Because in college, when it goes into overtime, you could literally have, 
you know, 28 points scored in overtime because you one team gets a chance and the other team gets a chance and they go back and forth like that and it could it could go on for quite some time. And that's if you're a beginner and you don't you don't you're trying to figure out how this all works it's it's, it's it might be odd to see somebody if you're out at a bar yelling about the clock it doesn't really make a lot of sense but that that means they're betting the over under if they're they're screaming about a clock whether it's running or not. <laughs> it might be an odd thing to see somebody rooting for but that's that's generally the uh, you know the clock's super important with the uh, the total. Right. Points, obviously. And, right. And, and and the over is the more fun bet, but I you know I have a tendency to bet unders and boring. Yes, very boring, Tough painful, and you 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 usually don't even want to watch the game. It's better just to check the score every half hour or so on your phone because you don't want any action. You just want maybe them to gain you know ten twenty yards and then punt and get the other team and they'll gain ten twenty yards and punt. You don't want. Them it's to tough to root for a slow. You're rooting oh, for it's horrible. Slow it's terrible. To, yeah. It is. It is. You know. It. It is no fun at all. But I. I do think a lot of times it's the smart bet, and I. And I think people at large like betting overs, and because of that, the the spread is made again to get fifty percent action on both sides. And if you think about it, if more people like betting overs, they probably make the number a little higher than it should be. So, maybe the under is the smarter side, but definitely no fun at all. And you see a lot of half points. With the over/under total too, right? And I think part of that is to make sure that there's there's no tie, there's no push, because the you know the the uh, the people making the lines, these companies, these you know legal bookies, if you want to call them that, they want one side or the other to win because if they get a push, then no money is paid out and they're not going to make any money. The over/under is also something that applies to a lot of different sports. Um, a lot of the point spread stuff of football is kind of specific to football just because of the weird, you know, scoring with threes and sevens and twos. But um, the over-under is something you see in just about every sport, the total number of points. That's right. Goals, right. points, yeah, the, the runs in baseball. It's every covers every every sport. And again, it's the easiest, it's the easiest thing to understand, I think, betting-wise. And Right, right. It's pretty straightforward. And, yeah, they do have it in, yeah, like if you look at baseball where you usually don't bet with a point spread, but you still have the over-under. You're just adding the number of runs that both teams get. Okay, so now the last number that you'll see for these NFL or in the CAA games is the money line. So, you know, you'll see a minus 110 or whatever for the point spread. Um, you'll have your point totals, and then you'll see a much bigger or sometimes smaller number too. So uh, what is the money line? So the money line is if you want to bet without the point spread. So say you have a team that is about four points better. So instead of giving four points, you, you might be, say, minus 160. So what that means is you don't have to give up any points, but to win $100, you have to bet $160. And that extra money is because you're more likely to win, and, and therefore you have to in a way, pay more for that wager. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're taking the better team uh, according to the stats they punch in. So if you have the better team, obviously you have to pay a premium f to, to, to take that team. And it can, you know, it's a, you can lay a lot of, you can, you can put a lot of money down to, to take these. So it's a little bit, you know, it could be a little nerve wracking, but it's really, if you have the, uh, the money in your account, it's, it's a much safer safer play I think on these smaller spreads to just this way you don't even have to worry about you know the adding and subtracting of points you just need to win the game yeah and just to be clear it's just to win the game there's no points involved you're picking who's going to win the game right period and you know one one side will be minus 160 the other side will be plus 140 
And you might look at that and say, well, if, if I'm losing 160, if I bet the favorite, shouldn't I win 160 if I bet the underdog? But of course they do that because that's where they make their money. That's, that's where in a, in a way the, the, the VIG comes in, that they're going to pay less uh, than they're going to make, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and therefore they're always going to make their little bit of extra money on each game. So I've heard some, you know, professional gamblers talking about if you really like an underdog, you should always bet them on the money line rather than with the points if you think they're going to win. I like to sprinkle because you feel like if you like the under, you feel like if you like a three, you know, a, a three or four point underdog, well, if it's that close, they could easily win the game outright. A number of things could, there could be a turnover, there could be a fluke, a number, you know, so if it's, if you feel like it's going to be that close, there's there's a likely chance that the team's gonna gonna win with you don't need the points. I like to put a little on both, a little on the, with the points to just safeguard it, and then a little bit on the on the money line where you get you know you can make you get better you get more money returned to you. And you'll hear people talk about that sometimes saying they're gonna sprinkle a little on the money line, right? Yeah, exactly. sprinkle means yeah yeah like sprinkling. Uh, I don't know. I guess like gar- like a garden you're, you're you're sprinkling some money around you're hoping for it to grow into uh you know the big bucks yeah. <laughs> you, yeah you get more bang for your buck you know like let's say you're a hundred dollar better so maybe you'll throw eighty dollars on the point spread and and maybe twenty dollars on the money line and break it up in that way and you know the money line bet will will you know pay you know more for uh, for the amount of money you're betting on the podcast, I, I always pick a three-team money line underdog parlay. So you're picking three, three teams that are that are. But you, that's what makes the odds so uh, so high. That's how you can really you know make. You just gotta you know usually you get them up there twenty to one or something like that. You just gotta pick three, three games and the team that they think is worse. You feel like you're gonna win. You can really make you know a nice score. And it, I think when you start with that, it's surprising because you'll have. You know, one team that's plus 150, another that's plus 180, and then another that's like plus 130, and you throw them together, and you look at it, and you're like, wow, that's really paying a lot. Juicy. And it looks like, yeah, it looks juicy. We won't get into the math of it, but it... Unlikely uh, it, it, I, to we come could write in on a regular basis. explain it in a more detailed manner, but uh, it just uh, suffice to say that it, it pays more than you think it would pay. So let's talk about parlays then. What is a parlay, and, you know, when do you want to place a parlay bet? You probably don't want to they, they call it, maybe historically called a sucker bet. You but we do it every week on this podcast. I, I guess I can mention this, this guy's name because I'm not going to give away. There was a there was a, 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 a cat a guy I used to caddy with way way back in the '80s called they, his nickname was Parlay Bob. You can imagine why they called him that. And there was somebody at the golf course that was taking bets illegally, a, a, a bookie as they call it, and this guy. Would just was loved betting parlays, and you he lost a lot of money because a parlay is you're picking multiple games to all come in. So you're basically it's very difficult to pick you know three or four. Here's a good explanation on on DraftKings they now let you pick every NFL game without the points. You just got to pick every game who you think's gonna win, and the prize is. I believe it's two hundred thousand dollars if you get every game right, and nobody for a twenty dollar bet for a twenty dollar bet, and nobody has done that in the four weeks they've been running the pool with thousands of entries. So, yeah, we've been doing this this pool where we pick every game every week, right? Yeah. We've never had a week where somebody got every game right. One goes wrong, you lose the bet. So it's yep. it's really a tough, you know, they call it a, a sucker bet, and uh, and you know, my 
my co my former coworker was a good example of that because that's all he bet and he lost a lot of money. But you don't have to put you know nine games into a parlay. You could do two games and it's it's still a parlay. A two game parlay is, is definitely you know that's that's a, that's not a bad bet because you can take two two teams that are favorite. You can take two better teams and that's definitely more you know that's it's when you start getting over. You know, three games it just gets real tricky, and then from there it just gets really, it's really difficult. It's it's difficult. It, uh, I, but I think you you know you come close often enough that there, there's a certain thrill to it. You know, it's enticing. It's very enticing, and it, it and you and you look like if you do like a four game parlay. And you win three out of four. You can always look at that fourth game and say, "Oh, it was really close." If one thing, if this happened or that happened, and so it's almost like one of these things that you 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 get close a lot, and because of that, you feel like you're really close to making a lot of money. And I think because of that, it is really enticing. And it's also something you could do across different sports. Which so if you have a, a day where you know there's college football on, there's basketball on, there's uh, I don't know hockey on, you can parlay one from each sport if you want to. There's a there's a brief period in uh in the in the fall where you can get the f- we've we've tried to win this every year it's yet to come in the we do the five sport but you could even bump it up you get baseball, hockey, NFL, uh, the NBA and and college football all of them overlap for a brief brief moment a week or a glorious period yeah one we'll, we'll hit it one year and get all our money back huh I hope. <laughs> so this is a good spot too to I think talk about hedging a bet. Um, we, we don't talk about that a ton on the show, but that is something that happens a lot. Um, you guys want to explain that? If you if you have a bet and you're winning, if it's an individual bet, let's say you bet the. Well, again, we'll go with the Patriots since they win all the time. So they're winning bit. You know they're up a lot, a lot, at, and and at the half. You can you can or throughout the game on the app you'll see they they'll update every commercial break they'll update the line so now they're gonna give you the the, the team that's getting crushed plus a lot of points so you it, you you feel like just in case a team, the, the perfect example is a Super Bowl Atlanta Richard you maybe can join me we we had a little uh, we didn't we had a little problem the Atlanta Falcons New England Patriots Super Bowl Atlanta was slaughtering the Patriots and they, they to get people to keep betting they were giving you really good odds and the Patriots coming back so, and we were we had we had placed a bet through a friend on Atlanta winning this you know we, we had we had some pretty good money riding on Atlanta to, to win and felt you know we should have hedged looking back on it because you could have you know and you could you, you know just to safeguard your bet right right and and feel like at least you're making some money either way it it, it, it is a good thing I think in in a case where you have um, a, a situation where you're in line to make a lot of money if one outcome comes in and that outcome looks very likely during the game, you can bet the other side and at least then feel like you're making some money e- either way. Even betting that you bet the amount that you, you bet, you know, bet the original bet. So you get a return, you're, you're going to get actually the money you laid out back. And then, you know, you basically have a free wager going. If you bet like that year, we bet Atlanta to win the Super. What were the odds on? That? I mean, to win the Super Bowl, it was the payout was going to be. I can't remember what what. It was yeah. It was a really nice payout, and in that situation, hundred. I think it was a hundred dollar bet to win. I don't know, twelve. Well, I think I've, it was like twelve hundred dollars. So you, you you're looking really good for the twelve hundred, but 
you bet something the other way and then, you know, you can maybe guarantee yourself, you could probably guarantee yourself 600 or you can bet it in a way where, oh, this way it's, I win 400, the other way I win 800, but guarantee yourself some sort of payout at that point because you did, you made a smart bet and you don't want something crazy to happen and then not win anything. And, and that's exactly what happened. What are futures bets? So a futures bet is a situation where let's say the the um let's say it's the beginning of the football season. The football season hasn't started yet. So they'll give you odds on each team to win the Super Bowl. And you 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 go on that page of your app and let's say you know the New England Patriots for instance are, you know, plus $500. So that means you would bet $100, and if they win the Super Bowl at the end of the season, you're going to win $500. So you're basically betting on something that's going to happen in the future, and you know you'll often get pretty good odds on it. And and then that bet is alive the entire season, and you, you know it, it's unless it, you take the Jets every year, which well, I like to that's do. A that bet, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That's kind of wraps up through. about before Thanksgiving, generally speaking. Right, right, but but you can you know you can you can take a, a favorite, you can take a, a a long shot, you can find a team that's maybe plus two thousand dollars, and you, you know and then you you have a kind of a, a nice juicy bet going. Of course, with those bets, they're less likely to come in. And what, what people like to do, I think, is generally is they'll 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 sprinkle around. It's a good way to use it here. They'll pick you take like four or five teams that you think are likely to win, and you throw a couple of favorites in there. So because you, you're gonna and you you know like you said, if it's plus five hundred, if you bet five teams, then if the Patri- at least if the Patriots roll or whoever that team is the favorite, you'll get your money back, and then you kind of hope that one of the, your underdog ones come in and, and you can make some money. So I, I think that's what people generally like to do. Right, and you can bet more. Or on on the team that's more of a favorite, maybe put a hundred on the Patriots, maybe throw fifty on a couple other teams, and you feel like you're you're alive with a number of teams, and if any of them come in, you're going to make some money. This is something that people do a lot with their hometown teams, I think too, even though they might not have any chance of winning. I bet the Jets every year. Yep, at the beginning of the season, and people love to bet the Cowboys every year too. So their odds are always a little weird. If you're looking at the beginning of the year, you'll see you know the Patriots probably have the lowest odds because they're always the favorites. And the Browns are probably always the longest odds because they're always terrible. But the Cowboys are always, I feel like, their value is not what it should be because people just love to bet the Cowboys. Well, there's certain teams that people, I believe in college, Notre Dame would fall into this category that people just love to bet on. So you're not going to get great. They're, the money's going to come in no matter what they set the odds at. So there's, they, they don't even need to make it enticing. Right. And there's some teams that, if you look at basketball, the Golden State Warriors have been good for a number of years. And sometimes even before the season starts, they might only be like plus one hundred and fifty dollars, or or even you know um, minus a little bit to win the NBA title, and I feel like that's, you know, I don't know, I I, I wouldn't bet that. I you know anything can happen. I know they look really good, but you're basically betting on you know uh, no key injuries and everything. You, you can't have anything wacky happen, and I feel like for that kind of bet, you want to get more than even money. And we'll definitely get back to this topic too when we talk about soccer because this is something Richard and I do. Uh, each season for the Premier League and also for the World Cup. So 
and it's nice to have action for the whole year. It's nice. You, you basically you're rooting for something every week. So in, in that way, you you, you kind of get a lot of bang for your buck. I uh, I just pulled up just to to confer- this year the Jets were plus twelve thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> so I plopped my forty bucks down to win five grand. My my yearly donation is is in, but if it comes in one year. I get it all back. I, That's right. Eventually, I think. Well, all you need is one year. It's not by a definite. End, by the but end of your life, I think one year will, will pay for all those other years. I've been waiting fifty years. I mean, I haven't been betting all those fifty years, but one of these years, but like forty-eight of them. Yeah, yeah, something. Like that. <laughs> all right. So uh, another thing that's popular, mostly around Super Bowl time, I would say, but you see it throughout the season as well, are uh, prop bets. So let's talk about what what is a prop bet. So a prop bet is you're betting on some individual outcome to happen in the game or, or a series of outcomes. For instance, what would be a good prop bet? You can bet on a certain player, say a running back, that he'll, uh, you know, uh, uh, gain more than 100 yards for the game. And then you're, you're really just rooting for that player and making sure that he, he gains more yards than, than that number. Another one I hear people shouting about in the bars a lot is uh, punts, over-under on punts. Yes, we know someone in particular who likes making that bet. And that bet is, it's interesting. I mean, you could make an argument that that's a, that's a good bet in a game where either you think there's going to be a lot of offense or there's going to be a lot of defense. And, you, you know, let's say it's, it's the over-under is seven and, you know, you bet the over because you think there's, you know, it's a, very, it's a defensive battle. And you just want them to punt the ball more than seven times. It's an unusual way to, to watch a game and an unusual thing to root for, but, you know, people do that. I used to love to bet on so you could bet how many sacks there were in a game back before all the uh, the penalties came into play, but that was always a fun one. You just bet, oh, there's going to be more than three sacks, you know, and then just rooting, you know, for... And with the Super Bowl, these props get crazy. I mean, you there's can bet on the length of the, of the national anthem. The coin flip is a is a popular one right off the bat, you you know. Actually, I guess the national anthem is the first one that comes in yep. on how long. And you got to think about, you know, who's performing. Uh, they tend to hold those notes out, or are they pretty straightforward? And There was an inside tip last year that was it had been pre-recorded, or pre- or, and it, it did come in. They, they said it was definitely... It, it it went around, and I don't know if it was true or not, but it did come in the under on the national anthem. So people talk about that leading up to the game, and sometimes you can see it move a little, like the the number move, you know, whatever the time is, and you think, wow, that's inside information. Some, but but I, yeah, I do remember you you saying that last I year. I think it was, was the under. Yeah, that that they had pre-recorded it. So if you get, you know, if you, anything you get inside information on, you feel as a gambler, you love that because you feel like you have some sort of edge. You can bet on the color of the Gatorade. I mean, it gets really crazy for the Super Bowl. There's really uh, a lot of – it's a lot to sift through if you really uh, have the time on your hands. You can bet on whether <laughs> there's the a safety – you can bet on whether there's a safety or not, which is an interesting bet because that one's usually juicy. And there, there were a couple years in a row where it came in. And there was one year in particular, I think, where we wanted to bet it. But the, the, the number of, you know, prop bets that come up are so extensive that it – I think it was hard – to, to, to get the bet in. And lo and behold, I think on the first play of the, of the game, Peyton Manning, you know, got uh, sacked for a safety. So that we, was we what might have been. Shut out, as it's called, meaning you did not get the bet in before kickoff. Um, there, was, uh, there was an issue. We gave myself half an hour there. Needed a little more time, apparently, to, to, to get through all the, the, you know, all the different, uh, you know. All right, so we're about to wrap this up, but let's talk about maybe a couple other terms that we didn't cover yet. 
Uh, one that we definitely talk about a lot on this show is a mush. What is a mush? Yeah, what is a mush? I don't know. Maybe you want to handle that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a more popular term, which I think everybody understands, is a jinx. I think everybody knows what that is. It means yeah, somebody who, uh, as they say, if they didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all. You know, the kind of person who always seems to be, you know, on the wrong side of some things. And I, I don't know if the term, I mean, it was in... It was in the movie A Bronx Tale, so I don't know if they, if that was an original, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's from a true story because that was based on that guy's life story. But they, the one guy, they found out the one guy was betting, you know, and they, they, yeah, they were all pissed because they said he always loses, and they called him a, a mush, meaning he mushed the bet, he, you know, he mean he squashed the, uh, the bet, and they felt like they had no chance, and they. They made him go in the bathroom, so not his eyes weren't on the game. These are the guys you don't want on your side. You just feel like they're bad luck. Uh, something crazy is going to happen. You, you you lose confidence when you find out they're making the same bet. That in you're reality, making. it should really have no effect on the outcome of the game. But it's odd how sometimes you know, sometimes when people get upset when I'm on when I'm when I've bet one way uh, with them, they've 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 accused me of being a mush. You know, sometimes in the past, occasionally. That's that. Yeah, pe- pe- yeah. You you did have that reputation. You definitely had that reputation. I like for, lovable loser. And uh, another term that you hear on TV now, I think uh, on ESPN, is a bad beat. What's that? Oh yeah, a bad beat. It's the uh, worst way to lose money you can possibly imagine. It it means there's a game that you feel like you can't lose. Everything's going right. You, you you either have a huge lead or on an over under you 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 know you're 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 you have an under and the 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 number right now is way under and then something crazy happens at the end of the game where here'd be an example right you have maybe the over under is 42 and it's near the end of the game and the the score is you know 28 nothing and you're looking really good and then bang, 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 you know, 17 points are scored for some reason, and you end up losing your bet that looked like it was in the bag. I mean, I, I'll reference the Atlanta Falcons doing, because everybody watches the Super Bowl. So it's the easiest thing to, if you were watching a game, even as, you know, an average viewer, you were thinking the Patriots had no chance, and the, they, they, I mean, they do the mathematics of it. It was like a 95% chance that Atlanta was going to win that Super Bowl. I mean, they literally could have just run the ball, I think, every play. and won. So mathematically... You know, you're, you're, you should definitely have it locked up. And uh, so the Patriots that year would be, would be considered. If you had bet Atlanta, you got, it was a bad beat because you got beaten on, uh, you know, you know b- badly, I guess, because it's pretty much locked up uh, for, for Atlanta and they somehow managed to give the game back. Similar to poker, where if you, uh, you know, you've got the winning hand, but there's still one more card to come. That Maybe one there's card one the card left in the deck that could beat you. Sure enough, it's going to come sometimes. When so it goes against the, the when it comes against goes against the math. Right, right. Yeah, so it's painful. One more term then is uh, the backdoor cover. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the backdoor cover. So that's when, you know, the favorite is winning by enough points to cover the spread, right? Let's say uh, an example: the favorite, you know, they're they're giving six points, but. You know, it's the near the end of the game. They're ahead by ten. You think you're in good shape, and then the other team scores a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game and makes it go from a ten point lead to a three point lead. And as far as the teams go, it's a meaningless touchdown. But as far as the betters go, it's a huge touchdown. And you had the favorite, and you went from the winning side to the losing side. 
yeah, the teams just are just trying to win. They obviously don't don't have any concern for the point spread or the gamblers. So they will, depending on the clock and depending on how the game's going, they don't even mind getting. I mean, they're not, they're not giving away the points, but they will, you know, let a team kind of march downfield. They just gotta kind of let the clock. They're trying to run the clock down, so they will actually give up. You know, give up a drive and they'll give up the seven because they they just, they just gotta win the game. They don't really care about them. Right, they'll be playing that prevent defense, which is another thing gamblers talk about because basically they, they don't want the other team to score twice, but they're okay with the other team scoring once. So they'll give up these chunk plays. The, 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 the team losing will just march down the field, score an easy touchdown, but eat up a lot of the clock. So the, uh, the team that you know, is ahead is happy because you know, even though they gave up that so-called meaningless touchdown, they're still going to win the game. But you know the people who bet on them are not happy with they're that. They're sneaking in the back door is what they're doing. They're not. They're not coming out. They're not, they're not face to face. Beat winning. You know, coming in and, and beating you. I guess that's where. It, I don't know if that's a historical. Uh, you know, reference there. Right. Right. And I think that's another reason that it's good. It's better to bet underdogs because that's a way that you can lose with the favorite. Where you're watching the game and you feel like both teams are conspiring against you. Like. The the, the, the the team you bet against is trying to score and the team you bet on is 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 kind of letting them score as long as they don't do it too quickly and it it, it, it happens it, in the big point spread games if a team's laying 17 and they're up 21 they can give up they don't care they really, why would they care about giving up a touchdown they want nobody to get injured they want nobody we just want to get out of here without any so uh, you know the 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 underdog sneaks sneaks a meaningless scoring but it's quite meaningful for a number of people watching so I hope this was uh, helpful for all the beginners out there. We again, this should be recreational. It's a lot of fun if you just if you just play in a little bit of money. It makes the games more more interesting. But you you really just you know be careful. Don't 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 go don't go crazy. It's not it's not. It's not an advisable way to make money. We joke about it every week saying we're providing an additional source of income, but it's, that's it's kind of a joke. It, we, we really we don't want anybody to develop a problem. And, you know, if you, if you know somebody or, or you yourself feel you have a problem, there's a number of resources available to help you out. It's a, they're on our website. Listen on our website. And in New Jersey, I know you can dial 1-800-GAMBLER. I think that number might be for, for every state, for people that really, you know, get get in over their heads again it's it's a lot of fun if you just keep it within reasonable you'd be surprised even ten dollars on a on a football game how much you're uh, you're you're into it i had a couple of beginners bet at my thanksgiving dinner and they were 20 bucks each which is you know not a not a huge amount of money they were they were going they were they were quite into the dallas cowboy game it, yeah, it definitely adds something to the game and I, I do think as long as you keep it a small amount an amount you can afford um, it can it can be a, 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 a fun way to in, enjoy these games even more. Happy gambling. All right, thanks for listening. We'll definitely be back to talk about different sports in the future. And uh, if you like what you heard today, make sure and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah.